Hey guys, Austin here. Today we got a special guest coming in to help us not only recap the news around the league, but also discuss his NBA award winner so far. Hope you guys enjoy. What's up guys, welcome to Floor Generals, the podcast where we try to get Dan Green on the show. My name is Austin Chang, and with me is my co-host as always, Ryan Hugh. What's up, Ryan? Hey, I'm good. You? I'm chilling, I'm chilling, I'm chilling. And all right, all right, all right, all right. okay. Yeah, okay. and I got some special news. We got a guest on the show. It's our great friend, Greg. What's up, bro? How's it going, man? Uh, I'm, uh, feel really special being the first guest on here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we, we always enjoy having NBA talks with you, so yes, sir. No, no better person to, than to be our first. I appreciate it, I appreciate it. Yeah, in floor, and in floor general fashion, uh... We, we like to do this. I mean, me and Ryan, we did this. We like to ask our guests who their favorite team is and who their favorite player is. So, Greg, how about you also, let us know? Yeah, also when you got into basketball. So. Oh, yeah, mm, that's okay. Uh, I'll answer Austin's first. Um, in terms of team and player, I've been riding with the Celtics. And I just I love the combination of Tatum, Brown, and then when they added Kemba. Like, that, that team, to me, that's just a lot of young, like, proper talent. Um, and then in terms of when I got into basketball, like, I'd always followed the Raptors since, like, early, early on, but it was pretty much when high school started, I sort of expanded from, like, one team to, like, following the entire league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's, like, yeah. sort of my story. Okay, all right, and a uh, player? Player? Gotta be Jason Tatum. <laughs> okay. Oh, so we're, we're going to have some real problems, dude. If you're a Celtics fan and I'm a Sixers fan, we're going to have some real dog, problems, dude. Listen, dog. No hate against Sixers. Embiid, Simmons, they're legit. But Tatum and Brown? Oof. Okay, you can say that. But when Embiid is dropping 40 and 20 on your team every single time we play, it's it's going to be an easy series if we play. Don't I'm worry about know. it. Okay, because here's my thing, right? Who's scarier? Embiid doing all that? Or Tatum with the ball in his hands with a minute left on the clock. Do you know what's I scary? No, no. You know what's scary? Having Daniel Tice defending Joel Embiid. That's what's scary. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they picked up Tristan Thompson. Okay, oh, no way. Is. Tristan nah, Thompson. Thompson have a breakout season. Hey, that's facts. Taco, Dude. he's legit. Oh, yeah. T- yeah if Taco's on Embiid, it's over. You know, Embiid's getting shut down. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next portion. Recent news. Within the last week, a few things happened that our viewers... And listeners may be interested in hearing. Let's let's break down the first one on the list. Kevin Porter to Houston. What do you guys think? Uh, I'll go first on oh, this. You go first. Okay, you no, go first. I'll, I'll go first. So, of course, the the backstory of all this, you know, why he got traded. He, he there was a locker room altercation. You know, Kevin Porter. He was already going through some stuff. He was away from the team for uh for the start of the season, just to try to get himself back to back into mental shape, and he comes back. And he comes into the locker room, and he sees his locker room, his space has been replaced by Torian Prince, their recent acquisition. And that's when he starts throwing a fit and ends up, like, trying to fight the GM and stuff. And, I mean, that that's already a, a bizarre case. So yeah, that, that raised some flags right there, right? It really did. My, I mean, thi- my thing is, though, like, I get why he's upset. You get what right? he's like, upset? Imagine someone touched your stuff, moved it without you knowing, just because some new guy came in and... Took your spot, basically. Uh, uses deodorant or something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, but, like, I can understand why he did it. It's just the manner in which he did it. Like, I wouldn't start fights. Or I wouldn't start throwing things around. 
I think okay. throwing things around. I think that's still okay. I mean, I think you were too far with, with throwing food and trying to throw hands with with their GM. I mean, I think that's a See, bit too but, far. But my thing is like it depends on the type of food. That that's a big thing too for me. Okay, so, so, what do you th- what do you, what's so good food then? Like broccoli. <laughs> like like if he threw around like I don't know, empty Gatorade cups and like bags of popcorn, I'm like, all right, whatever. But if this guy's throwing around like like nine pound steaks, like shit. Okay, I guess that makes sense. That does make sense. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so, but Houston got got a good deal out of it—a second round pick for a talent in Kevin Porter. What do My, you guys Houston think about is weird. Yeah. Houston is weird to me right now because I can't tell if they're rebuilding or not. Yeah, they still have a lot Houston. of old players on their team, like PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon, still on the team, but they also have some young talent with Jay Shante, and now they're bringing in Kevin Porter. Yeah, and they just brought in Oladipo, too, in the Karis LeVert trade, right? So I can't... Let's not forget about Christian Wood and John Wall have been balling out, too. True. Right, Christian Wood's right. still young, though. Christian Wood's still young. He's like 24. Yeah, he's on He's on the come up. I, I just think they look like a competitive team on paper, but I don't know how the chemistry is going to mix, you know? But to me, it just seems like they're stuck in between. Like, they don't know if they just want to get young guys and draft picks and start the rebuild, or... You know, go all in now, get, you know, pretty big guys like Oladipo, Wall, even DeMarcus Cousins, right? They're sort of in between, which is, I don't know, they don't really have, like, an identity. Yeah, the way I look at it, uh, I feel like they might be looking towards a rebuild. I feel like Wall just got brought in to help Harden in the short term, thinking that he would stay. But once Harden left, I feel like this Oladipo trade, I mean, I would have kept Levert and Jared Allen, of course. but Yeah, same with me. Same I think they're me. looking to flip Oladipo for some picks, maybe. Maybe try to get some guys from... Some picks from Miami, maybe even Tyler Hero. I feel like they're, they're looking towards a rebuild, especially with these eight first-round picks they have coming up. See, because when you talk about rebuild, I think of teams like OKC. Like, the amount of draft picks they got for guys like Paul George, Paul George. Steven Adams, like, those guys, they're for sure set for the future, and that's like a proper rebuild to me. But Houston, I don't know. You don't think eight picks is enough? Do they need 15 picks or 20 picks? I'm thinking a, a solid, like, 35. Oh, I mean, yeah, for Houston, you know, they, they miss all their draft picks anyways. You know, they suck at drafting. All right, all right. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, CJ McCollum's injury. The guy's been having an all-star season, and with it, it's devastating, so prayers up. But the the injury to McCollum and uh, Nurkic, do you think the Blazers will stay afloat for the next four to six weeks? How about you take this one, Austin, right? you want to start? No, you got it. You got it. I'll go after you. All right. Well, see, here's my thing, right? Like, Portland, to me, has always been, like, kind of mediocre, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's like, they're not bad, but they're never contenders. Contenders. So, yeah, the injuries suck and all. But, again, I, I have faith in Dame. He's going to carry. They're going to be fine in the regular season. But, like, big picture thinking, I it, they're going to end up in a middle seed and then get knocked out, like, second round. Hmm, yes, I, I feel like I kind of agree with that. The, losing CJ and Nurkic, their, their second and third best player, it, it really does suck. And, you know, we really have to just kind of we'll look and see, like, how much can Dame carry this team? That's that's basically what we're, we're depending on at this point. I mean, if Dame can drop 40 a game every single night, then, yeah, they could... They could still stay in the playoff race, but 
if they if he's struggling as well and, and the roster is trash, you know, cats are at center. I mean, it's gonna be really really tough to to keep this team afloat. Yeah, for yeah, same thing. Cause for me, uh, what I've noticed, Dame always had a second star, like uh, Marcus Aldridge before he moved to San Antonio, and and after that, CJ stepped up when he most improved. Yeah. So I don't see as of right now a second emerging star on the Blazers for Dame to share the load with. So to me, they might have fallen off. To me, they might have fallen off. Yeah, like like I said, like I mean, none of us really had high expectations for them to begin with, mm-hmm. right? We kind of we kind of knew that about them going into the season that like, okay, they're gonna be like, all right, they'll get like fourth, fifth seed, maybe third, and then you know. It's just kind of the same thing every single year with the with the Blazers. Uh, it's just a disappointment in the playoffs. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's there's really nothing to look forward to on that team. I mean, your best prospect is Anthony Simons who. Basically gets garbage time minutes. There's, there's no real prospects. It's it's kind of tough to see that on the court. Yeah, and they're they have a they're using an experiment in Zach Collins, so that's that's not <laughs> too good either. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, final topic before we move on to the main topic today. Let's cover the Cavs and Nets game. Thoughts? Ooh, I, I've been waiting for this one. Yeah. All right. Thoughts, Austin? Go ahead. Go, ahead. Right. go first. Hey, yeah, great. No, let's, let's, let's take it. Right, okay, okay. Right. So I was watching. I watched a short portion of the game. You know, I was kind of busy, but I was able to catch the the last few minutes of, of the overtime. And boy, Colin Sexton wearing Kyrie Irving's number, wearing his shoes, and just just splashing over him. It's it's some real disrespect. And for the for the first time, the big three in Brooklyn gets assembled, and they get torn apart by Cleveland. Full Cleveland out of any team. I mean that that is just that's that's a tough pill to swallow for for Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, it was a good game. Like it went to double overtime. Double it was overtime, close right? The entire way, like it was legit. My thing is though, first I'm not gonna like dive too deep into it because again, it's the first game. It's the first time these three are playing together. Chemistry is gonna be a bit off. That yeah. being said, I don't think Kyrie should be taking two times as many shots as Harden. That shouldn't be happening. Yeah, like, I, I get it. I get it. You know, you know, you're this back was, in Cleveland. It's yeah, it's first time you're back. Right. So, right. Yeah. But still, like, you can't have Harden taking fourteen and Kyrie takes twenty eight. Like, because the re the main reason why everyone raves about Harden is he's high usage, and he's even though he's high usage, he still plays at that elite level at all times, right? Mm-hmm. But for him to only be shooting fourteen. And be more of a facilitator. Like I like to see Kyrie move more to the facilitator role, and let Harden sort of be that catch and shoot guy. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you you know the role that Harden played back in OKC. He was, he he was a good, very good catch and shoot guy. It was in Houston when he developed into more of a ball dominant guard, right? Yeah. And I and I feel he can still revert back to like. The main catch and shoot guy score, if he's lucky, uh, twenty seven, twenty eight a game just off of threes. My biggest problem with the Nets, though, like offensively, this is a team that can drop one fifty on you with no problem. Like these are these guys are legit, but defensively, like us three, we could probably get a decent amount of buckets on these guys. <laughs> like defensively, they didn't stop anything. 
Yeah, and a lot of that comes from DeAndre Jordan just like every time a guard comes up to the free throw line to off the pick and roll, DeAndre Jordan just sits under the rim and just watches the ball. Like he really doesn't this challenge is a why, shot. This is why losing Jared Allen, I think, was a big step in the wrong direction for Brooklyn. Yeah, that they might regret that for sure. I mean, a center is one of the most important possessions you need. Yeah, and Jared Allen, he was like that inside the paint rim protector. Yeah, and going back, I just want to touch on this real quick. Steve Nash, this is a very shaky game for him. I mean, Kevin Durant playing 50 minutes off an Achilles injury, that's something that should just not be yeah. happening. And with yeah, him playing oh, 50 definitely. and taking like almost zero shots in those overtime, I mean, yeah, yeah, Harden didn't take any shots. Kyrie took all the shots. I mean, forget Harden. Those are shots that Kevin Durant should be taking. I really don't know what Steve Nash is doing there, playing Bruce Bound under 10 minutes. I mean, what is going on with Steve Nash? See, but, like, regardless of what we think of the Nets, like, you got to give props to a guy like Sexton. Like, he balled out. He didn't yes. care who was in front young of him. Young bull, young bull. KD, Kyrie, he said, bring them all on. He cared. He did not care at all. So, up-and-coming star, am I right? Definitely. Maybe. He's dropping 20 points a game. I mean, he, he could definitely be an upcoming star. Him and Garland, those two are having a pretty good season so far. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right uh any more fun uh closing thoughts i just i think the the nets really need to like figure themselves out at least on the defensive end and like mm-hmm. you know these stars like these three guys gotta essentially hold themselves accountable and like step up more in order to like actively defend instead of just going out and saying we'll just outscore everyone all right all right that's a good take on it austin yeah, I feel like the cent- uh, the Nets just really need a center. Someone that can just be able to defend the perimeter a bit. I mean, DeAndre Jordan, he's not going to cut it in the playoffs. And they need to play guys like Joe Harris and uh, Bruce Brown a-, a little bit more. And with Joe Harris, they just need to make sure they get him the ball. I mean, I don't know what Kyrie's doing taking these, these, these fadeaway jumpers. Like, I get it, you're Kyrie Irving and it's a good shot. But, I mean, there are way better shots that you can take than a, a fadeaway mid-range that's contested. See, but to what Austin said, though, like, I don't see how they gave away a lot of their, like, primary assets in terms of trading, and the cap space when you have, like, three all-stars on your team is going to be tight, so I don't see how they get, like, another quality center. That's true, that's true, but I feel like... Well, they did just sign Norbel Pell to a minimum deal, so... Sure, I kind of disagree with that. He's kind of just a trash, not trash, but, like, kind of the same guy as DeAndre, he's not able to defend. Maybe even someone like Dwayne Dedman can offer even just some shooting, I guess, on offense. I mean, just something. Something better than DeAndre Jordan. Something to space, yeah, space. The, well, I mean, they don't really need any more spacing, to be honest. No, what they need is a rim protector. So, yeah. See the Norbel Pell signing too bad. No. So, yeah, and I just... Uh, the Nets are, to me, championship contenders, and I hope Steve Nash will will, will work something out. He's got to step up, for sure. Yes. And Actually... Uh, like yeah. sort of a controversial take. I don't see them making the finals. Mm, you know what? Because we'll talk no, about that later. No, yeah. I know, I know, right? But just hear me out, right? This is a team we all know they're good offensively, but when it comes to stopping other guys in the East, you think of Joel and B, you think of Giannis. Two big guys, two like all dominant, you know, power forward, center type guys. Who's gonna match up with them? Especially inside the paint, and you don't because you got Kevin Durant who doesn't guard the big man, and then you don't have any, uh, DeAndre Jordan's old for that. So right, like I feel like Giannis and Embiid 
no one's going to stop them and let us have their way throughout the entire 48 minutes of a playoff game. You know, to be fair, DeAndre Jordan, the game against Milwaukee, he really did play some some good defense on Giannis. So I feel like maybe, maybe they can get away with him a little bit. Just because Giannis... But over a seven-game series, though? I, don't I mean, see it. Does, and does don't Giannis... forget, they also have Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to watch out as well. Of course, of course. But I just feel like we're not giving enough credit to... to... Down to Jonah as, as as like a big defender. I mean, he's still a, a big, strong guy. He's able to defend the post at least mm-hmm. at least true. a bit. Yeah, it's true. All right. So let's just hope. Let's just let's just see if Steve Nash can get his get his players up on the same page, right? Yeah, man. And uh, speaking of Steve Nash, let's let's delve into today's topic in NBA awards. So. Austin, you want to explain what the awards are for viewers who may not have heard of these? Okay, so with the awards, I mean, if you guys haven't watched the NBA awards show or something, it's basically just the big awards. I mean, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Yes, sir. So, uh, while on the topic of Steve Nash, you know, uh, let's let's just delve into the Coach of the Year. Uh, any candidates that you guys want to share? Well, I mean, you said Steve Nash. Do you have Steve Nash as a, a coach of the year candidate? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh, because you mentioned Steve I Nash. I was like, whoa, dude, you have Steve Nash I there? I mean, okay, look, first time head coach, like, and then the team that he's coaching too, I just don't think, right, like, it's going to be tough for him. It's definitely going to be tough for him this year. But, so, if, okay. like, like, if I'm talking, like, on the top of my list, I got to say Thibodeau with the Knicks, uh, man, like, why are the Knicks not in last place right now? That's true. I mean, they're, they're looking like a team out there. They look like they, they like to play with each other. I mean, he's got Kevin Knox hitting, like, almost 40% from three. He's, he's looking like a, a great coach so far. Like, literally, in the last game, R.J. Barrett just dropped, like, a career high. Like, the and Knicks are playing players. well, and that has a lot to do with the coaching. Well, well they actually have a decent head coach for once. Yeah. Right? Someone who has shown in the past that he can uh, coach MVP caliber players like Derrick Rose. Exactly. So, yeah, he's definitely one of my candidates. And then another one I got, my man Doc Rivers. Like, first year in Philadelphia, and they're killing it in the East right now. Yep. Yeah, I haven't thought about Doc Rivers. I mean, yeah, Philadelphia isn't first. I feel I should give him some credit here. I mean, of course, like, Daryl Morey has brought in... An insane lineup for for Doc Rivers to play around with, and one thing I gotta say, people are saying Ben Simmons is looking you know, a bit too passive. You know, he's not scoring as much. I feel like he's got Ben Simmons in like a new point forward role where he just finds the open man all the time. I mean, he's he's averaging almost ten assists a game. I mean, he's looking great out there. I mean, he kind of changed the way Ben Simmons has to play. Yeah, man, Doc Rivers, like him coming there and then working with them in the off season, coming into season there in first place right now, like. I'm telling you, like, with him as a coach, I think they can do some big things in the East. For sure. And he does have the championship experience with the Celtics uh, a while ago. So he does bring that mentality into the locker room, right? Exactly. All right. All right. I, li- I like your takes, man. Uh, and uh, one more candidate? Those were, like, my two. Um, if I were to choose a third, man, I don't know. <sighs> New Orleans... I thought they're no, but they're kind of doing bad right now. 
Yeah, I just gotta ride with those two for now. See how the okay. rest of the season plays out. All right, respect. All right, respect. Austin, you want to take this? Yeah, for me at, at number one, it, it's Nate Bjorgren of the Indiana Pacers. Okay. I mean, eight and six, fourth in the conference, and yeah, another Nick Nurse guy, another Raptors. Uh, you know, one guy from the Raptors organization coming in. He's coaching that team very well. I mean, they're looking like they're winning basketball games. They're looking great out there. Sabonis is looking like he. I mean, he's gonna be an All Star for sure. Miles Turner is looking like a DPOY candidate. Malcolm Brogdon is he's kind of blossomed into some kind of star player. And they haven't even got all their best guys in. So I gotta say Nate Bjorgren has, has done great things with the offense. Yes, One thing sir, to add yeah. to that too, like while he was there, Victor Oladipo's art was also like really, really working well under him. It's just that I'm curious to see now what they do with the addition of Karis Levert. Yeah, I mean he's out for about six months, so it's gonna kinda of yeah, it's going to be a big test to see how they can integrate him into the offense so late. Right, right, yeah. No, but that's legit. Like, yeah, Indiana's looking like a pretty solid team. Yes, the Pacers have finally come back. <laughs> Anything else, Austin? Yeah, I'll put one more in here. Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. They're 8-5 and five in fourth oh, place. Oh, yeah. Definitely, yes, they're, they're big. I mean, Chris Paul, yeah, he adds a lot to the team. And him kind of kind of making making Aiden this kind of role man instead of trying to always force the action through him just having the guards play with each other and just create offense for the team I mean they're looking great out there all right my thing with that though is like Chris Paul he's almost like a second coach this guy's like pure point guard and like one of the truest veterans in the league you feel me sure I mean he's gave Shea Gilgis yeah. Alexander that that same kind of you know experience yeah. and he's doing the same and he makes Booker. any team he plays for better exactly right. so I feel like I feel like He's almost like assistant coach, or like a secondary coach on the floor, running stuff as like a true floor general. Yeah, and that's what puts them at fourth place in the in the West. Right. Yes. Oh, I I like your takes, man. I had Monty Williams as my coach of the year winner, and Nate Nate Bjorken. I can't forget it. Can't forget about him too. But I also have Brad Stevens in the coach of the year. Ah, Ooh, that's, that's... I like that. I don't like that. I like I said I love the Celtics, but man, Brad Stevens, like if we're talking from a pure coach's perspective, he, he hasn't been doing too great in like the last I would say maybe season or two. I I I can see why, but he has helped the um cuz you know how the East got much better this year. He has yeah, had a Celtics squad to second so far with the 8-5 record. And a lot of those games are with, were without Kemba as well. And right, right. You can't discredit him for not helping up uh, Brown's game. Because Brown was like a fourth option last season. But this season, he's really broken out as a, a first or second option at times. Well, first options go a little too far. You can't sleep on my guy Tatum here. Come on. Now. Come on, right. I mean, that's a bit I mean, too like, far. Brown, Brown looks better than Tatum in some games. I guess what? he's a 1B. He's a 1B. Okay, so, fine. But t- like, if we're talking like like true clutch time, like Tatum's getting that ball. He's the number one option. There's no doubt about it. For sure. But if the ball went to Brown, I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like too pissed I, about it. He's still a great yeah. shot maker. So, but true. That's, true. Yeah, that's why I put Brad Stevens because you can you can you have you got to credit the guy for coaching such a young duo into the second seed. Yeah, and getting getting Celtics uh, second in in the best conference. It, it is a tough thing to do. <laughs> best conference. I- yep. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Thibodeau and the Knicks, the fact that they're not last, he should be winning this automatically. Yeah, same with JB Bickerstaff and the Cavs. You know, we just talked about them earlier. I mean, them, them being in seventh place, that's also huge. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's move on to the next topic then. Rookie of the year. Takes, Greg. I mean, who else, man? Melo is out here balling. That's 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 someone that everyone's got, man. I love Melo. Like you can't not have him as your first option. I swear he's leading like two or three of the total categories for all rookies. Uh, I think he's leading in assists with nine a night. Right, but like just and like he. The minutes that he gets and what he's able to do with it, like, he's efficient. He's a great facilitator, great playmaker. I just, I can't put anyone else above him. Like, I really think this is his award, even though it's pretty early. Yeah, and I feel like this is already looking like a three-player race for this award. I think it's LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, and James Wiseman. And so far, LaMelo has... Like, everyone else has been, frankly, a little disappointing. Anthony Edwards... Averaging like twelve points a game, um, uh, Tyrese Maxey didn't play well last. Like, so you gotta give them some time since they're rookies. But these three have shown that they belong in this league for sure. I mean, Ryan, you're, you're not winning anything in Minnesota. Yo, Halliburton, especially like, I don't think he had any sort of spotlight on him. But when the season started, man, this guy just he came in and started out with a bang. Yeah, they drafted him to be this this secondary ball handler next to. Darren Fox and it's a perfect situation, frankly. I mean, he's he's always playing off the ball. He's doing all the plays that he's doing all this dirty work. He, you know, he's able to shoot the ball. People worrying that his it's shot wouldn't translate. Defense, right? Yeah, I mean, and people are saying his shot wouldn't translate. I mean, he's shooting almost fifty percent from the three point line. He is shooting almost. That's 50% insane, man. That is insane. And let's uh, let's not forget about Wiseman while we're on the R three. He has especially, been playing especially during the beginning of the season when uh, Draymond was out. Wiseman yeah. really stepped up. And uh, he is the starting center on a team with championship aspirations, right? Yeah, but so, I don't know about championship yeah. this year. And I feel oh. like he doesn't play enough minutes, I feel like. I mean, LaMelo Ball's at 25 a game. Tyrese Halliburton's at 27. James Wiseman is sitting at about 20 a game. I, I mean, unless he gets more minutes, I really don't see him entering this conversation. Well, I'm not saying the, the Warriors are a championship team. I'm just saying they have aspirations since Steph, Draymond, Clay are all getting older. And they want to... Try and um, win a few more chips before they before. No, they but one out. thing the Warriors were for sure lacking was like that proper center, that proper big man. Because even if you think back to the dynasty days, right? Like they had like a Andrew bunch of guys in and out, right? Like Zaza Petulia. They had a bunch Bonk. of guys in and out. They didn't really have like a solid center. But I feel like Wiseman, he could be that guy for the Warriors now, which just makes them like all the more lethal. I agree. Yeah, I thought he was gonna awesome. come to the year and. He's gonna be like all right. I I was really skeptical about his three point shot. I mean, we really haven't seen him shoot a ball, and he even in college he shot like about one three, I think. And he's coming in shooting forty percent from three. His jump shot looks clean and looks smooth. And I mean, I'm surprised he translated. Like a prerequisite to be on the Warriors is like your jump shot got to be looking wet. Yeah, I mean, except for Draymond, all their jump shots are are all clean. I can't argue with you there, man. At least he's hitting his shots, though, so that's something. Oh. All right. That, that sounds good. That sounds good. Okay. So, no, no one else for you guys? No, I think that's it. We all have the same list. Yeah, yeah we do. And let's let's hot on next, then. Um, BPOY. This one I had trouble with. I did. I only, came with, I only came with two names, so that should tell you how much trouble I had with it. I had trouble with this one. 
Uh, Austin, why don't you take this one? All right, so you know, me being the Philadelphia fan here, uh, I just got to put Joel Embiid in this conversation. I mean, he, he, he him coming on, he's injured. I mean, he's injured, and he's still putting up 1.4 blocks, 1.4 steals, 11 rebounds, and people come to the paint, and they're scared to challenge Embiid. I mean, he goes up with his whole body. He puts his whole body on the line. He doesn't care about getting posted or anything, and he just he's defending the rim at a high level this season. He's playing hard, and I feel like he really wants to get these awards this season, so I feel like he could be number one for my DPOY. Okay, all right. That's not bad. That's not bad. For for number one for me, I got Miles Turner, man. You want to talk about shot blocking and rim protection? Like this is the guy. Okay, like, okay, but you can you can also look at the fact that he led, or like he was he was high in blocks last season, but didn't even make an all defensive team. Which, mm, which nah, I think he got snubbed. Yeah, but... I feel like he got snubbed. I think but he got snubbed. You have to take into consideration that the media doesn't recognize blocks at as opposed to like close physical defense every game. You know, you know. You, right, but you I'm just talking I mean. like, like to me that's big. Like you got a guy who literally will go and he will jump with anyone. That says a lot. Like it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how fast you're coming into lane. Like he will jump with you, and at that point, like it's fifty fifty. And for a guy to be like that, that's. To me, that's proper defense, man. Yeah, and I, I watched a few Pacers games this season, and people are scared to go up against Miles Turner. I mean, he's averaging 4.2 blocks, 1.5 steals. He's he's intimidating down there. People really do not want to go up on him. Yeah, yep. 4.2, 4.2 blocks a game is, uh, what is it, 16 fantasy points off blocks alone? Holy shit. There you go. Oh, my God, dude. So, nah, and then right after him, I got, I got Bam. Oh, Bam. Okay. Yeah. Because hear me out. Bam? Like, he, not only is he good inside the paint, he's also a pretty good rim protector, a guy who can, like, really, you know, he can help out, but he can also guard almost every position, I feel like. Yeah, I agree, I agree on that. Bam is very versatile in terms of defense. Like, the same way he goes up against Big Ben, yeah. he, can, he can take on a guard and, like, hold his own, which is pretty insane. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see that. And uh, for me... I have the exact same reasoning behind why Anthony Davis is my number one guy for DPO. He's my number three. Same, he's my number three. Yeah. For me, AD is is just as versatile as Bam. He can switch. He can guard anyone. Uh, and uh, let's not let's not forget that the Lakers currently have the number one defense in the league, and True. it's a big. It's a big. Uh, AD is a big factor to why they have the best defense in the league like this guy can play man to man he can block shots he can he can do practically everything on the defensive side my only thing with ad is like he's constantly an injury worry yeah i feel like he's gonna rest some games too maybe here and there so i'm not sure he's i mean last season that. was his only healthy season in a while so we don't in know what he's like in terms of playing time and in terms of like taking days off for load management i feel like bam edges him out in that category all right, all right. That's that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Just injury concern, but otherwise, I think AD makes a very good case for DPOY. Yeah, and real quick, you, real quick, I just wanna. I didn't have him down. I don't. I didn't write him down or something. But I just wanna mention, maybe in the upcoming few seasons, I just wanna put in Ben Simmons. I feel like he he's probably the most versatile defender in the league. I don't, not even Bam, not not AD. I feel like Ben Simmons is able to guard a one to five. He's got a strong body. He's very, very fast. He's one of the fastest players in the league. And 
of course not this season. I honestly am winning it, but in the future, I mean, he he's gonna win a, maybe at least one or two defensive player of the years in my eyes. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, yeah I can, can see, see that, that too. And uh, I just want to mention, I don't have him, but I think Gobert deserves a mention. Oh, Mr. Two Hundred Million, just just jump I mean, in like, and hit the ball. I mean, like he did lock down the entire season last year. Oh, okay, Mr. Captain Mike. Okay. Okay. He has not disappointed in terms of the Jazz. This defense, because the Jazz sit like third in the league, sec- second in the Western Conference, and part of it, a, lo- a large reason of it, comes to the defense that Gobert provides for them. Yeah, he's always been in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, just because like he's another one of those versatile big guys, especially, and he like specializes in like guarding the paint and like protecting the rim too. But I, w- I wouldn't say versatile. Yeah, I wouldn't say versatile. Really the guards, you know. He got cooked by Chris no, Paul. Okay, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying. He he's always in the in uh, conversation for defensive player, and props to him. He's been at it for his entire career. Yeah. All right. Uh, any any closing thoughts on defensive player? Uh, I just okay. First of all, I hope Miles Turner doesn't get snubbed again for all. Uh, you know. First team all defense because I really think he belongs there to be honest. But never know, man. I mean, hey, they're playing in a, in a boring city, you know. So I, I don't know if they're gonna get the recognition that they, they deserve. Yeah, Indiana is kind of one of those low key markets. You know, you don't see a lot of free agents trying to sign in Indiana. Exactly. But they're still one of my favorite teams. So let's move on. <laughs> six man. Mm. Uh, so for six man, I feel like. It's it's been a two man race so far, so I thought before before the uh, earlier this week I thought it was just a one man race I thought it was just Jordan Clarkson, but before we get to him I want to give some credit to Shake Milton I mean he's coming off the bench for the Sixers averaging almost seventeen points, uh at fifty percent field goal I mean he's giving the Sixers some good minutes twenty six minutes off the bench I feel like he deserves some recognition as six man. Yeah, well, yeah I had, I had Shake on my list too. He's he's really Jake stepping up. up. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, he is the what is it the third or fourth high highest score on the team right now, with seventeen points, and uh, mm-hmm. he's doing it as the only true offensive threat off the bench for the Philadelphia. Ooh, sleeping on that. when a lot of their players went down under COVID protocols, like he really stepped up, giving some quality and efficient minutes. Yes, I, I can like uh, uh, the last few games were evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Right, and then yeah. I don't I don't know. Shake Shake Milton's just a solid six man of the year candidate right now, and I don't see I don't see why he couldn't win it. Under him though, so he would be my, like my first. Under him, I got like last year's six man of the year, Montrez Harrell. Wait, you have, you have Shake at first. Yeah, man. Oh my. Okay, okay. So tell us about my. I choice. really believe in this guy. <laughs> okay. Does it might might be some recency bias because I just played the team that he was on in fantasy, and this guy was dropping insane points. To to give him credit, he, his jump shot has has come alive this season, which is kind of crazy to see. I have oh, him. It's, it's not Steph Curry, but it's it's something. It's Montrezl Harrell. You know, it, you know, it's Montrezl Harrell. Like <laughs> at least it's not no no. Listen, Montrezl Harrell. 
he's playing more minutes off the bench than the Lakers starting center. That that in itself should already tell you what kind of player this guy is. And when he's on the floor, like, I don't know. It's just he's another another big guy who's got, like, that really assertive presence. He kind of has his way in the paint. But he's, like, he's efficient with the time that he has off the bench. And I don't know. It's just I think he can defend, you know, six man of the year this year. Okay, I mean, are, so I feel like you're forgetting someone, to be honest. I mean, if you have Shake at first, I mean, shouldn't you give some credit to, to Jordan Clarkson? I totally forgot about Jordan Clarkson. I was going to say, I mean, how is he not totally first? representation, man. <laughs> no, when you say Jordan Clarkson, I was like, ah, oh, damn it. It's another one of those boring teams, you know? You know, Utah, it's like the Indiana of the <laughs> well, West. that's what I'm saying. Like, what's going on in Utah? That's what I'm saying. Utah is second, though. <laughs> And Again, still no one's talking about that. <laughs> like, what's really going on? Mountains? Like, what, what's really in that city? <laughs> no, but Jordan Clarkson, now that you say it, like, yeah, he should definitely be up there. I just didn't have him on this because I completely forgot about Utah. Yeah, he's hot right now. 17 points a Yo, game, 43% from three. It's, it, he's, he's giving them some crazy minutes. And let's not, let's not forget, he's the second leading scorer on the team as well. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah. Wow. That, that's crazy. For someone who's coming off the bench, which means limited minutes, you're behind who? I'm assuming Mitchell, right? Uh, yeah, Mitchell's obviously scoring like 24, 25 a game, but you have Jordan Clarkson coming in off the bench, like no warm up or anything, just 17 points, bam, down. He's a microwave. Yeah, yeah man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sad that I forgot about him. Yeah, that's kind of tough. Uh, I mean, what I... kind of research is this, man? What's going on? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> ain't nothing going on in Utah. Hey, I'll agree <laughs> with you on that. And um, let's uh, as as Toronto fans, can don't we... Say Boucher. Don't say Boucher. Yeah, that... Don't say Boucher. <laughs> you no, say Boucher? We're going to say Boucher. We're going to say Boucher. Okay, Boucher's let's... third on my list. Okay, so let's he's, he's He's easily taken over Aaron Baines' role. Like, Aaron Baines comes in, plays two minutes, gets benched, and Boucher comes in and starts the second half. So, yeah. I think that's what I'm worried Boucher's, about. Boucher's feel... playing, averaging... Uh, 15 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 blocks a night in under 25 minutes. And but my thing is, too, like, you have to... So, it's cool to have him as a candidate, but look at the performance of the overall team. I mean... Yes, so that's why I don't have him as my first or second. Because the overall team still needs to perform at a high level. Yeah, and at the yeah. same time, uh, I feel like he's going to take the center spot at some point. You know, Aaron Baines is only going to be the, the starter for so long. I mean, Shake Milton... He's going to be the, the bench guy. He's coming off for Seth Curry. Jordan Clarkson's coming off for Donovan Mitchell or, or Mike Conley. I feel like with Boucher, he has, like, no competition at center. So, I feel like at some point, he, he's going to start. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I can definitely see that. All right. I, I was thinking that Masai would pull something at the trade deadline to mm. acquire a center. So, Boucher could continue to be that spark off the bench. You know, like, the new captain of the bench mob or something. I get that. If that's the case, then yeah, he he's definitely in the conversation. Yeah, but for me, Chris Boucher needs to him and his and the Raptors have to at least get to a playoff spot in order to be in the real actual conversation. And at the rate they're going right now, unless they start turning things around, I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Tough times. All right, let's move on to the fifth category. Most improved. Ooh, this is a tough. This, this is a tough one. one. This was fun too. Listen, listen. I, I, 
guys can't disagree with this, so hear me out, right? Number one, I gotta go Jeremy Grant, man. Same here. That's not a surprise at I all. You I have Jeremy Grant second, but let's hear your reasoning for it first. Dude, this guy went from being like a role player in Denver, right? To literally the first offensive option every single game for the Pistons. And that's in front of guys like Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin. You can't tell me. Bro, Blake Griffin's been doo-doo this year. What are you talking about? All right, still, still. This guy's like first option overall on the team. He basically, this is his team. After just being like your average role player in Denver behind guys like Jokic and Murray, he completely stepped up. He's playing a whole different game right now. Yeah, I mean... In Denver, we see him in the playoffs. He was like an elite three and D guy, and then when he got signed to Denver, I, I was scratching my head like, "What do they really want to do well, with him?" Paying twenty yeah, million. Yeah, what are they doing? Right? And then he comes in and just drops like twenty five a game, shooting thirty eight percent from three. I mean, all the, he looks so awkward out there. I'm gonna just say that, but he is scoring <laughs> buckets. I mean, he's just dropping. Listen, I might be off. biased because I picked him up. That was one of my best draft picks this season. Not capping. Okay, picked him up hella late. But, you know, man, he has really been, like, performing and exceeding expectations. You know, I'm kind of angry that I didn't pull the trigger on that trade. No, it was no, late, too. It was, no, it was in- I, I asked you for him at the start of the season, and you're like, hmm, nah. Nah, he's mine. Like, ain't no way. <laughs> no, bro, I was, I was legit. I legit wanted him so bad. Yeah. But, yeah, I can see he's playing at an all-star level. and But even though... The Detroit Pistons have been bad. They're sitting 50 yes, but most, in, most improved to me is more of an individual award as it's a comparison of how you did last year compared to this year. And exactly. You go from like being a role player to being like that guy and basically running a team, offensively-wise at least, to me that literally screams most improved. Exactly. That's my thought process I as well. I mean, role player to like a star player the same can be said for christian wood no mm. he was doing I this last season know. as well i mean the last half of last season he was pretty much doing this he was dunking on gobert I and mean, he was dropping like 20 and 10 so i feel like this is just like a, la- a lengthy like a lengthened version of last year for him yeah um uh, well the season it's still two separate seasons so you can't dismiss that but he did average well, total average 13 points and six boards last season. He he literally upped everything in the category, like 23 points, 11 rebounds, two blocks a night. And he's an improvement. I don't, I don't know if it's for the magnitude of a guy like Grant or or my second option, because my second option is Jalen Brown. Like, Ooh, what the Jalen hell? Brown is my second option as well. I don't have the, my where does this guy come from? I mean... I'll say this real quick about Jalen Brown. I mean, I don't have him on my list, which I mean, I'm surprised that you guys have him. I feel like everyone kind of expected this kind of jump from Jalen. I mean, with Kemba out, Gordon Hayward out, I feel people were expecting Jalen Brown to kind of turn into this guy, and he was already kind of doing this. He was already like taking people off the dribble. I mean, hitting tough shots. So I feel like I'm not as surprised as uh, I feel like you guys are. But man, like you want to talk mean, about a lead, like especially earlier you were saying like he, even though I don't agree with it. He could possibly contend to be a number one option. Like, that yeah. in and of itself should speak volumes. That is true. That yes. is true. J- J- Jalen Brown went from a third, fourth, like I said earlier, he went from a third, fourth option to now a uh, 26 point per game score. And that 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 is superstar numbers at times. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree with for that. For sure. Like, like you said, like, he went from, like, you know, third or fourth to possibly a two, maybe even, like, a one or one B. And his his offensive game is almost flawless. He's a three-level scorer. He can drive to the rim from both sides. He can shoot the mid-range. And he's a, an elite three-point shooter. Yeah, and th- that's what makes Boston dangerous. I mean, you pretty much described Jason Tatum in, in that description as well. I mean, they have two of these elite wings, which you really need in, in this era of the NBA. Yep. And you know what's crazy? I think, personally, that losing Hayward might have actually benefited this team. Ooh. Because, yeah, because, like, if you really think about it, there were too many options, right? You had Kemba, Hayward, Tatum, and Smart. And, yeah, That's... and everyone wanted to take a shot, right? Everyone right, wanted to there's only shot. one ball. But losing Hayward, you open up the you open it up for Kemba to facilitate more and you open it up for guys like Tatum and Brown to sort of take over when they need to. I agree with that actually, yeah. That that's a that's a good point, man. Now I just wish in the off season they could have picked up like a decent center. Like Tristan Thompson's great and all, but like come on. I mean he's not defending Embiid, you know. I mean let's be like honest. Like I told you, Taco Fall's gonna step it up. He's gonna uh, Taco, Taco needs like a, a year or two. No, Taco's going to win most improved next season with 30 points, 25 boards, and 5 bucks a night. Mm, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just excited to see Jalen within the next two years. He's going to be a, f- a favorite of mine to watch, you know? Yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely my second, but that's only because Jeremy Grant is, like, on another level this season. Yeah, and uh, real I mean, I just want to... I feel like this might be a bit controversial for my number three behind Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant. I have DeAndre Hunter. Really? Yeah, and for me, most improved is kind of the 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 amount of the the, the step uh, you took. I feel like it's the amount of jump you took from where you were. So before this season and coming into this season, I mean, with his new roster, people were kind of expecting him to be like the thirteenth man. I mean, like almost at the end of the rotation, and at times. He's looking like their second best player. I mean, he's 16 points a game, six rebounds, uh, shoot 40% from three in 32 minutes. He's looking dangerous. He's able to shoot. He's able to attack the basket. He's defending at a high level. And I feel like he should get a bit more consideration in, in this award because he went from kind of being almost like written off last season for the Hawks to being their starting small forward for sure. Yeah, and that's saying a lot, especially considering how, how deep the Hawks are now with all the pickups they made in the offseason. But for me at third, and this might, like, I'll have to explain myself for sure, but I got Zion. Oh, Zion. All right, explain. I don't know about this. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Basically, if you think about Zion, right, he's emerged this season right alongside Ingram as, like, he's that guy in New Orleans. Like, he can be your primary scorer. And in terms of minutes played and in terms of like overall aggressiveness, he stepped up in both of those. Mm-hmm. I know we only got a small sample size last season and he was limited to somewhere around 20 minutes a game, but I think just, just the, yeah, but I think just the fact that he's, you know, been even healthier, even more healthy this season, he's able to play those extended periods or those long, like, you know, hard fought games that in and of itself, plus the production that he's having, I think he's got to be considered. You know, Greg, I feel like for this award, they they never give it to the sophomores. I feel like with the rookie to sophomore jump, it is a bit expected. And historically, this has never been given to a sophomore guy, unless they've kind of turned to an MVP caliber player. So 
I get where you're coming from. This is this is a big jump, you know, for for Zion. He's looking great this season, but I just feel like this award is kind of made for the guys that were in the league for a bit and made that huge jump, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah, that's why he's like number three, sort of controversial pick for me. He definitely would be on one or two, right? Yeah. But I just think the fact that he's able to just play more and he's you know being more aggressive and asserting himself every game, like I think that's worth something. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I just want to put it out there. I had uh, honorable mention in Markel Fultz if he didn't get injured. Yeah, but he got injured, and he's out for yeah, the season. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> get injured. But Markel Fultz has really been balling out. He lot. was, he for was, sure. He was, so I had him down as an honorable mention. But Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, And um, uh, I just want to uh, speak back to Zion. Z- Zion did play a small sample size last season, and to me... I find the most improved is usually someone who's played relatively the same amount of games within the two seasons, and then you can see the notable noticeable difference between the two. So Zion doesn't make the cut for me, but I get why you would include him. No, no, I, I totally understand, right? And like my whole thing is like the fact that he can even play more games and play longer minutes each game. I just think that's like a big improvement. All right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> All right, and um, Austin, closing thoughts? Yeah, before we move on, I just want to... I have three more guys I ran down. Uh, Chris Boucher, of course, we've seen the jump from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julius yep. Randle, uh, he's also someone that deserves a bit of respect in this conversation. Oh, yeah, Julius Randle. Hold I up. Not, I forgot about this guy. <laughs> no, but seriously, this guy, like, he's balling in New York. He's a number one option, yeah. He's 22 points a game, 11 he's, he's rebounds. Why he was better than LeBron at some point yeah. at the start of the season. But. Yeah, he, he's putting the like, work, and we've seen it. I'm telling you, he might be the main reason why they're in such a good spot right now. Easily the main reason, for sure. Facts, facts. And one more guy I want to put out is, is DeJounte Murray for the Spurs. I mean, he's he's come out mm-hmm. out of nowhere, 15 points a game, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. He's looking like they're, they're lead guard, and he's, he's, a, he's a dangerous player off the dribble as well. And I feel like he, he can only go up from here. Yeah, I got no argument for me either, it's a tough pool for sure, though. This is a this is a, this is a very deep uh, MIP race. Yeah, and yeah, it was a fun sure. one too. It was a fun one to do. Yeah, yeah. This is probably the, the most like the category I had the most fun with coming up uh, with games and such. Yeah, same with me. <laughs> now let's get to something, another difficult one. Not difficult, but this was not um, difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> this last category, I had many names to put in. But I chose three at the end, and let's let's hear your most valuable players, guys. Man, I only had one because he's the only guy you need. Jokic, my first round <laughs> fantasy pick. Okay. okay. Points for the triple he, double. He's, he's your he's your MVP in fantasy. But no, 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 no. He's my MVP. like he would be my second. Um, I think Luca goes first, to be honest. Mm. Just because what he did early season without Porzingis in, and he still managed to pretty much shoulder the Mavericks until KP got back. Plus, I mean, he's already an elite level talent. Like we all know that, you know, yeah. from years prior and even last year in the playoffs. Like, I think this is Doncic's year. All right, all right. I don't have Doncic, but he was one of he he still is one of the favorites to win MVP this season, 
And if he can manage to lead the Mavs to maybe a top four seed, then that would be that that would take into serious consideration. Austin. Yeah, for me, I have a a four man list with two other guys that are just below, uh, and it's my first round fantasy pick. Uh, it's Joel Embiid. You know, for for the homer pick, I just had to. I feel like this season he he really wants to show the world that he he's prepared and he he wants to win the MVP and he wants to be that number one guy. And so far, he's looking like it. Already two forty and ten rebound games. I mean, Joel Embiid, he's he's looking great. Other than one dud game. He's been dominant. I mean, he's looking scary for for anyone that's matched against him, and I feel like he he's actually trying to to win this award. See, but the thing with Embiid, and it's like this every year with him, it's health. always injuries. Yeah. It's always his health, exactly. right? Like you can't win MVP having not played like twenty or so games, especially in the shortened season. But here's the thing: I feel like it's it's gonna be rare to find a player that plays all the games. You know, with COVID going Yo, on. Kid. Yoga. You think okay? Nice. Maybe Yogesh is immune. Maybe Yogesh is immune. <laughs> but I feel like everyone's gonna miss games. I feel like, and you know what? Is Jokic can't jump. He doesn't jump. Are you he's crazy? Like... He's been yamming. <laughs> he's been yamming, dude. <laughs> he's been going he's crazy. Probably the most out of shape elite player in the game right now. Mm, how about Harden? <laughs> no, no, Harden. Harden shed the fat suit the minute he stepped into Brooklyn, dude. Jokic is he's looking slim. I mean, he he's going with two hands, <laughs> one hand. I mean, put him in the dunk contest. I mean, golly. <laughs> no, this is a layup, man. Why is nobody talking about the fact that he's averaging twenty five points and a triple double? Like, ooh. hey, I had Jokic as my second in MVP race, but I did have Joel Embiid as my first as well. You had Joel Embiid as your first. Hey. See, my thing with him is again, it's like. <laughs> I just don't know about the health. That's the only concern. And that oh, is yeah, but concern. Greg, listen, listen, listen. If you take Embiid out, your next offensive threat is Tobias Harris. 19.7 rebounds. By no means hey, a bad don't player. Sleep on my yeah, don't sleep on him. Don't right sleep now. on him, dude. He's so going crazy. Him. By no means a bad player, but he's not a first option on a championship caliber team. But they're sure paying him like one. <laughs> well, yeah, you could, the same could be said for Wiggins. Ooh, Ooh. let's not talk about Wiggins. <laughs> too far, too far. <laughs> But Embiid's the most valuable player to the Sixers organization, and if if he's not on that team, if he's unhealthy, the Sixers go from the first seed to probably like the sixth or fifth, right? Wow, that's kind of disrespectful, my guy. Come on, man, that's my favorite player. You you crazy? No, I see Joel Embiid as their anchor. At he's a he's the guy that's. I mean, Simmons can at least hold them at like a four or five, all the way to six. That's kind of disrespect. Yeah, that's kind of mean, man. I, mean, I don't know. The East looks scary this year, man. The East. You know what? You know what's for sure, though? And you know what's for sure? I don't think anyone on the Nets can be considered for MVP. Yeah, no, no, I don't. There's no, no way. There's three guys on the team that can win MVP. There's, yeah. there's no way. Same thing. The same thing happened with like the the, the Warriors. Warriors back in the day. Like. KD, Clay, and Steph, none of them could be considered. Not that Clay was, but Steph and KD couldn't be considered just because your team's too good where they're all either past MVPs or MVP candidates, where it's like, come on, that's a little unfair. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I'm just saying, uh, if Embiid wins MVP, he better bring my boy Danny his fourth ring. <laughs> you hear that, Danny? Come on the show, man. <laughs> you hear that? Love you, Danny. 
Love you for the fries, too. Nah, but yeah, man, for me, it, it was uh, Doncic, Jokic. And then in third place, I mean, it could be a toss-up between guys like AD, Embiid, maybe even Giannis again. I don't know if he three-peats, though. Hmm, so, okay, I just want to play some real quick. So, I have Embiid at first. I have Jokic at third and Doncic at fourth. I have this, I have this sleeper pick for MVP at second place. You guys want to guess who that is? Better than Jokic? I don't know. I feel like Steph Curry, he has a chance. Steph Curry is my third choice at MVP. I feel like Steph Curry leading this offense. I mean, they're winning games and they're looking they're looking pretty good out there. Even with Oubre just airballing every three he takes, he's still Yo, leading that team. what happened to Oubre? In Phoenix, this guy was like an elite two-way wing. Yeah, I think now? he's going to come in yeah, and do some crazy things for the Warriors. Insane. Nah, but that just goes to show you, not all light skins are made equal. Hey, um, he's still cute though. He's still cute though. <laughs> it don't, don't matter. He's still cute out there. <laughs> no, but I, I get I get where Steph is coming from. Again, I wouldn't put him above Jokic. The only person who goes above Jokic for me is Doncic. But I I can totally see where you're coming from with Steph because like, and then. I, I, I think we were all kind of sleeping on him until he dropped that, like, 60-point 60, 60 performance, and we were like, oh, crap, Steph still exists, you know? Yeah, and I feel like MVP is more like a, a narrative award, more than even just stats. I feel like if you have the right narrative to win the MVP, then you'll get it. You've seen this with Westbrook with the triple-doubles. I feel like he probably has a, a decent chance, at least. Yes, yeah, uh, that, that's, that's why, why Doncic is my number one, because they I can feel like they want to make him the face of the league moving forward, so they're going to do something to boost that. But I just wanted, uh, it is a narrative, so you uh, you just take into consideration, Curry was out, uh, played five games last season, broke his hand, and he's coming back playing at an, a top elite elite level. So that, that in itself looks like, uh, this sounds like an MVP story. Yeah, that's true. It, it's definitely a good story. And, like, all these guys, these guys are elite guys, and any one of them could end up taking it, to exactly. be honest. Exactly. So, you can't dismiss someone like like, like Paul George, who has been playing very well. Don't talk to me about Paul George, bro. I'm sick and tired of this guy. Bro, like, like we said last pod, uh, disrespect for PG, it's gotta stop. Listen, I, I love PG. I got PGs. I got two pairs of PGs. I got I got the threes and I bought the fours. Like, I love PG. But this guy just goes away. He literally just goes away. And until he fixes that narrative surrounding him, I don't know if people are going to see him in the same light that they did in, like, when he was in Indiana. Yeah. And, okay, real quick. I mean, how do you feel about the PG5s? I'm being honest with you, I didn't even really like the PG4s. Like, the PG3s to me, and the 1s, the 1s too, I just don't have a pair of those. Those two shoes, best out of his line. They were elite, they were elite. I feel like the 5s, I feel like they're the best in, in, in this whole shoe line so far. I mean, they're looking, I, I love the way they look. I just love the way they look. Nah, are you kidding me? The 1s with the with the single strap? I'll tell you, the 1s look skinny? good. But the 5s, the they run me of Kobe's. The, they run me of Kobe's, the 5s. The they, just, they just do. Nah, man. The one I've always wanted a pair of ones, but I never got my hands on them. Nah, okay. okay. Yeah, I, I like the fives. Um, soul. So <laughs> I'll go with it. <laughs> just soul, not the shoe. Just a, just a soul. Just not 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 the grip. Not the outside. Yeah, just not, the soul. The <laughs> not, not even how it fits. Just the soul. 
just a soul. But yeah, <laughs> the souls are looking nice. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, man. Like I just think PG, man. It's been too many years in a row where he's just built up this narrative that he's like not clutch or he goes away in those like high leverage moments to the point where like he almost has to work even harder to reverse that. Yeah, but I feel like the MVP is like it's a regular season award. So like I don't feel like it really matters how, how he is in the playoffs. It just it just matters how he performs right now and he's performing like Plus, an all NBA guy. Plus like a guy like like him on a team with a guy like Kawhi. True, yeah, true. I don't I don't see how. <laughs> all right. I, I I agree on that then. Same reason, like I or I don't have like LeBron and AD exactly, right? Like you can't you have, have two. You have the two top solidified superstar league players on right? the same and team. Same thing with the Brooklyn Nets; they got three. Yeah. So I like, wanted to, I wanted to say KD, but I thought better of it because even though he did did come out of an Achilles injury. The man's been scoring 31 games, like, he, uh, 31 points, like, he never left, so. Honestly, if James Harden didn't go to the Nets, I would have KD on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Because if you want to talk about narratives, like, he came back from, like, a whole year off because of his Achilles, and this guy is acting like he never left. He still got that same deadly jumper from anywhere on the court. He's Slip playing aggressive. You know, like, but then the minute Harden went there, it's like, uh, you can't give it to him now. I know, you just can't. I mean, here's the thing. Durant, like, you see him on the court and you see him play, you just think to yourself, like, man, he's actually back. Like, he looks like 100% yeah, like he, he literally, it almost seems like he cannot miss. Yeah, like, he, he pulls up and you might as well just, like, close the TV. I mean, he, he this shot's it's already went in. Just count the score already. Yeah, 100%. Like, is the, the minute he's the score. score in- yeah, For sure. 100%. Him, him and Harden are, like, two, I would say, of the most elite scorers. And the fact that they're on the same team, man, that's hacked. Yeah, there's no way you can give him the reward. No. So, yeah. And any more closing thoughts about awards that we should cover? I think my guy Jokic should be considered number one uh, for MVP. That's not just because I have him on my fantasy team. It's because he's the best. Okay, dude. All right, dude. You can say that. You can say that. Westbrook was averaging a triple double. People were eating that up like crazy. But we but sleep, the bro. We, the, yeah, we, the triple double is not something anymore. It's not cool anymore, dude. Like it's just, it's overrated. Doncic is is like he's like point five assists away from a triple double. Who cares, dude? Like who really okay, cares? But Jokic got it already. Like he wants, and he's leading the league in assists. Okay, and this is a guy who never misses games. He's always there. Like, come on, man. Okay, Yo- but here's the thing. It's, it's Denver. Jokic is a candidate, but he's not my winner. Because I want Danny Green to get his four rings. But it's, <laughs> it's it's Denver. Like, who cares about them as well? I mean, what's in Denver also rocks. I mean, it's the same thing hey, as Utah. Kitchener, you got to support the Canadian homeboy. <laughs> he's been sticking it up, on, too. Man. He's been looking garbage, man. Jamal Murray's been looking <laughs> like absolute trash out there. You know, it's it's a it's a playoff activated mode. True, you know? bubble mode, bubble mode, <laughs> bubble mode, bubble <laughs> Murray, man. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Getting more than just a bubble, dude. I think with that we've covered everything. Wow, that that went fast. It really did. It's like huh? thirty minutes. What the hell? It went so fast. All right. Okay. Uh, any closing remarks, guys? 
Uh, I just want to say uh, thanks for having me on. You, you know, you guys are already the homies, but being able to talk like this, like this is dope. Um, <laughs> love what you guys are doing, and man, just keep it up. Appreciate it. Appreciate right. it. I appreciate it, man. Like it means a whole. Uh, it means a lot to the the, the both of us that uh, we got so much early support. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, you guys got a fan in me. Uh, I'll keep listening. If you want me on again, I'd be happy to come back. And uh, shout out to Danny Green. I hope he hears this one day. Oh, you hear that, Danny Green? <laughs> hey, come on the pod, Danny. Hey, just do it. Hey, come on the pod. You got this. You got pod, this. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next episode. Peace.